1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Tabernacle, A Blueprint of Heaven. This is part one of the series. To begin with, in order to understand this teaching, we're going to begin by explaining the purpose of creation. By looking at the first word in the Bible, which is in Hebrew, brashit translated in English as in the beginning. So if we look at the first word of the Bible in Hebrew in a Torah scroll, we would discover that the first letter of the first word of the Bible is enlarged. And the first letter of the first word of the Bible is the Hebrew letter bet. And the Hebrew letter bet, or bet, means a house so from the first letter of the bible the god of israel is communicating to us that the purpose of creation is he wanted to have a house or a dwelling place so next if we look at the first two letters of the first word in the bible from the hebrew that is the word brashit we will see that the first letter the bet combined with the second letter the resh makes the word bar and bar is the aramaic word for son so the midrashic understanding of the meaning of the first two letters of the first word of the bible is the purpose of creation is the god of israel wanted to have a house or a dwelling place for his son that is the messiah and what is the name of this house that the god of israel is going to have so that the messiah could dwell with his people for all eternity it is known in hebrew as the mishkan or the tabernacle so, the tabernacle is the house of the God of Israel. We can see this from 1 Chronicles 6, verse 48, as it is written. Their brethren, also the Levites, were appointed unto all manner of service of the tabernacle of the house of God. So, next we're going to see that the earthly tabernacle, that is the tabernacle that the children of Israel built in the wilderness, through Moses, from the instruction of the God of Israel, was made after moses was shown the divine pattern in exodus chapter twenty five verses eight and nine it is written and let them make me a sanctuary that i may dwell or among them according to all that i show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof even so shall you make it in hebrews chapter eight verse five it explains that the earthly tabernacle the tabernacle of moses in the wilderness is a blueprint of the eternal heavenly tabernacle so in hebrews chapter eight verse five it is written who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as moses was admonished of god when he was about to make the tabernacle For see, saith he, that ye make all things according to the pattern shown to you, or the blueprint shown to you in the mount, or Mount Sinai. Next we can see that heaven itself is a tabernacle. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 and verse 3 it is written, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. In his first coming, Yeshua came to earth to dwell, or tabernacle, with his people. In John chapter 1 verse 14 it is written, And the word, which is Yeshua, from Revelation chapter 19 verse 13, was made flesh and dwelt among us. This word dwelt is the Strong's number 4637 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And it's the Greek word skenu. And it means to abide or live in a tabernacle or a tent. So Yeshua came from the heavenlies to the earth and took upon himself flesh to tabernacle with his people in doing the will of his father in first timothy chapter 3 verse 16 it is written and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world and received up into glory next we're going to see that yeshua's people dwell in the tabernacle of heaven In Revelation chapter 13, verse 6, it is written, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, referring to the beast that rises up out of the sea, from Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. So the beast is going to blaspheme God, blaspheme his name, and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven next we're going to see that there is a temple in heaven in revelation chapter eleven verse nineteen it is written and the temple of god was opened in heaven then in revelation chapter seven verse fifteen therefore are they before the throne of god and serve him day and night in his temple and he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them Solomon's temple was made after the divine pattern of heaven's temple. We can see this from First Chronicles chapter 28, verses 11 and 13, as it is written. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch, and also for the courses of the priests and the Levites, and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. Continuing, we can see that Solomon's temple was given to him by God through the Holy Spirit, and the plan was after the divine pattern of heaven's temple so in first chronicles chapter twenty eight verse twelve and verse nineteen it is written and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the lord all this said david the lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern the temple is the place of the throne of yeshua in ezekiel chapter forty one verse one and verse seven it is written and afterward he brought me to the temple and he said unto me son of man the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where i will dwell in the midst of the children of israel forever We are to teach the pattern of God's house to his people. In Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 10 through 12, it is written, Thou son of man, show the house, referring to the temple, to the house of Israel, that is his people, and do so according to the pattern. Show them the form of the house, the fashion thereof, and all the laws thereof. This is the Torah of the house. So the instruction or the Torah of the house is to show the house God's ways through the divine pattern that he gave to God's people. Our earthly body is a tabernacle. We can see this from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, as it is written. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved... And then in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 and 14, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. Peter's referring to his earthly body even as our Lord Yeshua Messiah has shown me. Our earthly body is a temple. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it is written, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So let's summarize this first part of the teaching. Number one, heaven is a tabernacle. Number two, the earthly tabernacle, or the tabernacle in the wilderness sometimes referred to as Moses' tabernacle, was made after the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. Number three, our earthly body is a tabernacle. Number four, at his first coming, Yeshua tabernacled with us. Number five, we're to teach the pattern of the tabernacle to the people of the God of Israel. So now, since we can see that the earthly tabernacle, which the children of Israel built in the wilderness, was made according to the divine pattern of the heavenly tabernacle, tabernacle now let's examine the tabernacle itself in greater detail to begin with we need to see that there were three main sections of the tabernacle and they were one the outer court two the holy place and three the holy of holies and these three areas represent levels of holiness with the outer court being the lowest level of holiness, the holy place being a higher level of holiness than the outer court, and the holy of holies being the highest level of spiritual holiness in the tabernacle. So now let's begin to see the spiritual blueprint that the God of Israel gave us regarding the tabernacle to help us to understand his ways and the ways of his kingdom. First, we're going to see that there was only one entrance into the tabernacle. It was on the eastern side of the tabernacle, as east in the Bible is the word kadem, which is associated with the God of Israel from everlasting, as we can see from Micah chapter 5 verse 2, referring to Yeshua, whose going forth has been from old, the Hebrew word kadem, from everlasting. The tabernacle door or gate was decorated with majestic colors. In Exodus chapter 27 verse 9 and verse 16 it is written, And you shall make the court of the tabernacle, and for the gate of the court shall be a hanging of twenty cubits, of blue and purple and scarlet, and fine twine linen wrought with needlework, and their pillars shall be four, and their sockets four. The door of the eastern gate of the tabernacle is described in Numbers chapter 3 verse 26 as it is written. And the hangings of the court, and the court for the door of the court, which is by the tabernacle and by the altar round about and the cords of it for all the service thereof spiritually yeshua is the door he is the door of salvation unto the god of israel In John chapter 10, verse 9, Yeshua said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. We can see how Yeshua is the door from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, as it is written. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and I will sup with him and he with me. So spiritually, this teaches us that Yeshua is the door into the kingdom of the God of Israel. And the door by which we enter into the kingdom of the God of Israel is through salvation in him. Historically, for the children of Israel, taking a lamb into their houses and putting the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, which is called Passover, was their door... Out of Egypt, in Exodus chapter twelve, verse thirteen, it is written, "In the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague will not come upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt." So, since Yeshua is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, Passover foreshadows our salvation in Yeshua when we repent of our sins and accept his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and confess that he is Messiah and making Savior and Lord of our lives. So once we pass through the door of the eastern gate of the tabernacle, there are two pieces of furniture in the outer court. And they are the bronze altar, which spiritually is going to represent Yeshua dying on the tree for the forgiveness of our sins. And then the bronze labor, which spiritually is going to represent after we give our heart and our life to Yeshua, We are to be cleansed of our previous sinful lifestyle by washing with the Torah or the Word of God and renewing our minds and begin the process to write the Torah or the Word of God upon our heart. And when His Torah or Word is in our heart and in our minds or our thoughts and we meditate upon it, we will begin to live our lives according to the Word of God. So now let's look at the brass altar of the outer court. In Exodus chapter 27 verses 1 and 2 it is written, And you shall make an altar of shatim wood, and you shall make the whole." Horns of it upon the four corners thereof his horns shall be of the same and you shall overlay it with brass brass in the bible represents judgment we can see this from deuteronomy chapter twenty eight verse fifteen and verse twenty three as it is written if you will not hearken unto the voice of the lord your god then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you and as a result your heaven that is over your head meaning the favor and blessings from the god of israel shall be brass meaning they will be withheld from you, and the earth that is under you shall be iron, as both brass and iron represent judgment. So next let's begin to see how the brass altar spiritually foreshadows or represents Yeshua dying on the tree. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, there was a plague upon them, and as a result they were instructed to take a brass serpent and put it upon a pole. We see this in Numbers chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, as it is written and the lord said to moses make you a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole and moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass he lived this brass serpent which was put upon a pole it represented our sins and our judgment for sinning which is death foreshadows yeshua dying on the tree In John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, it is written, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the brass serpent represents our sins in the judgment we receive for sinning, which is death. As we're told in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Yeshua, Messiah, our Lord. So when Yeshua died on the tree, he was judged or he was made sin for us. In other words, he took upon himself our judgment for sinning against the God of Israel. And by receiving Yeshua, taking our punishment for sinning upon him, we can receive his righteousness and have eternal life in him we can see this from second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 as it is written and he has made him to be sent for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of god in him next we're going to see that the horns of the altar was a place of refuge and safety we can see this from exodus chapter twenty one verse fourteen as it is written but if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile that is if he sins against his neighbor you shall take him from my altar that he may die so then in amos chapter 3 verse 14 it is written that in the day that i shall visit the transgressions of israel the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground so in both of these scriptures we can see that through sinning we lose the altar being a place of refuge and safety that is if we don't repent of our sins So now let's see how the horns of altar was a place of refuge and safety from 1 Kings chapter 1 verses 50 and 51 as it is written. And Adonijah feared because of Solomon, and arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah has caught hold on the horns of the altar. He was seeking refuge and safety saying let king solomon swear unto me today that he will not slay his servant with the sword we can see how the horns of the altar was seen as a place of refuge and safety from first kings chapter 2 verses 28 and 29 as it is written and joab fled unto the tabernacle of the lord and caught hold on the horns of the altar and it was told king solomon that joab was fled under the tabernacle of the lord and behold he is by the altar so in other words by grabbing holding hold of the horns of the altar he was seeking refuge and safety from his condition in addition the blood of atonement was put upon the horns of the altar in leviticus chapter 16 verses 18 and 19 it is written and he shall go out unto the altar and make an atonement for it and shall take of the blood of the bullock and the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about and he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it and cleanse it and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of israel so blood upon the horns of the altar was to make atonement for the soul in leviticus chapter seventeen verse eleven it is written for the life of the flesh is in the blood and i have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So the brass altar and the horns of that brass altar was a place of judgment as brass spiritually represents judgment, but it could also be a place of refuge and safety and atonement for your soul. And these things is foreshadowed in Yeshua dying on the tree. We are that brass whenever we sin. In our judgment for sinning, as we can see from Romans chapter 6, verse 23, is death. But we can have refuge and safety from that judgment, and we can have atonement or forgiveness of our sins, if we accept Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins. This is how the brass altar prophetically foreshadows Yeshua dying on the tree. So Yeshua's shed blood is the means by which we can have forgiveness from him of our sin in hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 at the end of the verse it is written and without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin we can see how yeshua shed blood forgives us of our sin in ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 as it is written in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace We can see how Yeshua died for our sins from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 as it is written. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures and then in galatians chapter one verses three and four it is written grace be to you and peace from god the father and from our lord yeshua messiah who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of god and our father So, given that the brass altar represents Yeshua dying on the tree and shedding his blood, making possible the forgiveness of our sins whenever we repent of our sins, next we're going to see that the forgiveness of our sins, commonly called in Christianity salvation, is by grace through faith. And this was historically foreshadowed to us from the children of Israel coming out of Egypt as they were saved, redeemed, or delivered out of Egypt by grace through faith. Let's see how this is so. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it is written, And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he, Pharaoh, will let you go. And I will give this people favor. And favor is the Strong's number 2580 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And it's the Hebrew word chayn which was translated as grace in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 wherein there it said and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So I will give this people favor or grace in the sight of the Egyptians and will come to pass that when you go you will not go empty. So the grace of the God of Israel was present to save, redeem, or deliver his people out of Egypt. But grace alone was not sufficient for it also required faith. That is putting your trust in the God of Israel in being obedient to his instructions. So what was the faith instruction that the children of Israel had to follow when the grace of the God of Israel was upon them to save, redeem, or deliver them out of Egypt? It was putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. We can see this from Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 and verse 7 as it is written. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and upon the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. So the children of Israel being saved, redeemed, or delivered out of Egypt by grace through faith foreshadows through Yeshua's death on the tree that both Jew and non-Jew are saved by grace through faith. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it is written, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Then in Romans chapter 3 verse 28 it is written, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without his own efforts, represented by without the deeds of the Torah. We can further see that both Jew and non-Jew are saved by grace through faith. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, The Tabernacle, A Blueprint of Heaven. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.